This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. And to quote Damien Barrett, it's Series 7, Episode 33 on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. You won't miss a moment if you're Drinkwise. Live on location here today. Well, not live in record, but not necessarily in practice. At the George Hotel here in South Melbourne this afternoon, where Damo gets a little bit nervous being the first voice in a live event, so always hands it over to me on live events only. We are here for Drinkwise, and, and this event, as I say, good afternoon to you, Damien. It's got a little bit Corey Worthington on us this afternoon. It has. Bit, you said there'll be no one here. Yeah, no we one listens. Been, we wouldn't be bre- um, breaching OHS at the moment. There's a few uh, uh, crammed in here. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, we've merely said where we're going to be, and uh, we're so blessed to have so many. Give it a big cheer if you can for the grand final. <laughs> Magnificent. And uh, lots to deal with in the world of media and sport and, of course, the fallout to Damo's uh, once a year pie night last week and we'll get to that very, very soon. But to launch grand final week here at the George Hotel in South Melbourne uh, to kick us off with a grand final theme of sorts, you can put your hands together for our producer, the wonderful Jane Neild. Thank you. If you sing backing vocals for me and I can see you singing and it doesn't sound shy... Well, then I'm going to buy you a beer. This is uh, the only song I could really think of, although Hutchie wanted me to uh, learn The Killers. Sorry, this is Paul Kelly. I'm high on the hill, looking over the bridge to the MCG. And way up on high, the clock on the silo says 11 degrees. I remember. Hutchie and Damo, enjoy, make yourself comfortable, push through to the front, thank you. Jane Neild, everybody, thank you. Good to have Jane part of the show, Hutchie. She's, uh, she's told me recently she can sing. I wasn't aware of this until a couple of weeks ago, and she sent me the, the link to a... Uh, you actually did a video that would appeared on MTV or something? I was in a band for ten years. There you go. Um, good to see you taking a real active interest in your colleagues, Damon. No, I said that too, but it, it is good. Ten hey, years uh, in a band. Hutchie, we would normally start with something lighthearted today, but I don't think we can get through the next three minutes without starting with um, arguably the most serious football story we've seen. Um, oh, look, I'm not overcooking it, maybe ever. Um, obviously, the report in the ABC today regarding uh, the racism allegations and 
And flow-on effects of, of Alastair Clarkson's time at Hawthorne, Chris Fagan also, his involvement. Russell Jackson wrote the piece. I'd encourage anyone who hasn't read the piece in full to do so. But as we speak, Alastair Clarkson is yet to make any form of statement. Um, Chris Fagan has decided to stand down while this investigation is, is going on. I expect Alastair Clarkson to do something quite similar, Hutchie. And, and again, everyone is entitled to natural justice. That's where that will go. But I am of the view now that it, it's, it's line ball at best that he actually coaches a game for North Melbourne. Well, that's an extraordinary 24 hours. If you're sitting here saying you don't think Alistair can survive this. As I said, it's line ball. Again, I'm always big on everyone needs to get the, the right to have a say. And, and Alistair will get that chance. The AFL, again, for those who are, who are maybe catching up with the story has today announced that they will have a four-person independent, full-on investigation into, into what happened at the Hawthorne Footy Club at the time in question. And there will be a, a King's Council on that. There will be Indigenous representation. There will be other um, representation. But you can't rush these things, and, and it will take time. And the timeline I can't see lining up with certainly the start of the pre-season at the very least, and quite possibly... It may not be done and wrapped up and, and, and dealt with properly, which it needs to be done, even by the start of the so next footy season. When you read it this morning, how did you feel? How, what was your initial reaction, emotion? Um, where, where did your mind go in terms of consequence? And like, it was, it was a hard read, wasn't it? Yeah, it was disturbing, it was, it was confronting. And there's a, a lot of unknowns here, and there's. There's problems on both sides of this, to be fair, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and again, I'll just say it one more time and then we'll just have the conversation. He, he obviously has the right and needs to have the right to reply and, and, and will get natural justice through this uh, probe from the AFL. So we can't make decisions and judgments until that happens. But even at the very least of it, and even if there is a natural justice applied to it, there's still irretrievable hurt from the, the people clearly who are the focus of this piece, Russell Jackson, ABC Online, who, who's written it. That's not gonna, going to go away regardless of outcome. And, and that's where this issue is, is again bringing the game, um, big people in the game, into, into yeah. the focus for the wrong reasons. The allegations are indefensible uh, if proven to be true and the... Uh, tone and manner of the, of the way that it's been accused is, is damning and alarming. And there are such sensitivities attached to this that um, are beyond a lot of our own understanding on these situations. And so the fallout will be... I mean, the fallout's forever for, for Alistair and Chris and, and others on that side. Um, on the other side of that, I, I do wonder why... Um, Chris Fagan wasn't given a chance to participate in the review, why he wasn't spoken to, as the Lions have, have claimed today. Uh, I'd assume that extends to Alistair as well. We haven't heard from Alistair yet. And I wonder um, you know, how Hawthorne lost a, a grip on the nature of the investigation because a, a thoroughly run investigation, um, regardless of the severity of the, of the claims, has to explore everyone's version of events. And I'm not defending one side or understating the other but I just do wonder why that piece is missing from this because as best I as I read and understand it and again I'm not here to defend the allegations he read what he's accused of on line today rather than had had it presented to him so they've had an um, uh, an investigation they've, they've run by their First Nations overview they've then seen the report and then they've referred that report to the AFL and in none of those three acts have they given the people that are the blames laid at 
the opportunity to defend themselves. Yeah, and this is where obviously but, it has moved somewhat because of the report itself on the ABC online by Russell yep. Jackson. That contained information that wasn't in the actual oh, official yeah, investigation. So, so, so you've got that layer of it. There's a whole another layer of information in the the. I must say the Russell Jackson journalism here is is spectacular. Not that it's about journalism, but it's this a theme of our podcast. His his work has done such cultural good for our game already. Yep. On many fronts, uh, from Robbie Muir to others, uh, the depth of the detail that he had is beyond question. And he's—I uh, would glean—he's probably got even more information than the or allegation than the review itself has. Um, and he's entitled to tell that story. And I think he's—it'll um, be an award-winning piece, whatever happens. Yeah, I, I just wonder where that missing piece is. And I just. I do have empathy and feel for the individuals because they are men of character, integrity. I'm not defending that, you know, if, if found guilty, they deserve the full wrath of, of, of this investigation. But I just, I just question that piece. Yeah, no, absolutely. Is and, that fair? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But they've got the rights to make statements now. And, and even um, if they have Too a holding... Too slow, Alistair, on that today. Had well, to move. I'm surprised. Yeah. I, like, I haven't, we're I haven't recording the last it. half an hour. It's 4.25 now on, yep. on this particular Wednesday. Nothing's happened yet. Uh, I believe he's only had relatively minimal conversation with his new club. And that's the, another complexity to it. He, he, look, I, I feel at some stage of the seething he will um, be attached to a statement that says he won't start at North Melbourne for some time. But he, he doesn't start until November 1. So he's actually effect and effectively being stood down from a job he hasn't yet begun. So that's the layer to it. But, but again, I'm imagining there's some people in the room and, um, tonight and maybe when they do listen to this later on tonight. Um, the, the allegations, um, separation, forced separation from partners. I mean, that, that just defies belief. The, the pressure to terminate a pregnancy, uh, again, allegation... It you feel sick yeah, when you're at it. Yeah, and then yeah. just the general intimidation with, with detail attached. And, again, we can just only say it so many times, so, natural justice needs to be, needs to be um, played out here, and it will, and it will, but the allegations at, at the very base are, uh, are there's startling. A lot, there's a lot we don't know, so I'm, I'm making some assumptions there, which is dangerous to do, on how much people were involved. And I just read the Brisbane response. In the st- how does that report hit your desk and you not think, A, this is unbelievably serious and we need to instantly address these allegations with the people accused of it, um, and B, get ahead of this media narrative because this, it's in, improbable this is not going to come out at some stage. Let me ask this question. What if Brisbane had won? What happens then? Does he coach this weekend? Does, well, it, does it ruin the grand final... Um, it's incidental, by the way, the grand final in the scheme of a, um, a social and cultural yeah. uh, thing that r- hits at your core. But like, what, how does that get played out? Well, well no, he, to answer your question, he wouldn't have because for the, the grounds that he stood down today would, would have occurred had he won the prelim final last week. Yeah, but it's, a, it's different, final it's last different to stand down from a job you're not really doing, right? And the wording I, t- I took out of that leave of absence was not, I'm standing down, I'm no longer the coach. It was, I'm going on a holiday. Like, I, I didn't inter- it's an easier thing to do when you're in an off-season than when you're practically doing your job. Yeah. That would have really tested their um, yeah. medal. No. What would you have done if you are Brisbane and they're playing this weekend? Oh, well... I, I would have coach? I, no, I, I would have stood him down. But again, I mean, we, we can deal with what's in front of us as opposed to what yeah. may have been in front of us. And I think there's enough to deal with, with I, actually I, what is there. I mean, it's a fair point you, you raise. Um, but look, even the, the initial statement from Hawthorne, the, the subsequent press conference from Hawthorne, I, I haven't heard the word sorry or even apology. And... 
I get that from a legal perspective. There's a lot of lawyers who would argue legally once you apologise, there's an admission of guilt. Yeah. But but there needs to be some acknowledgement of, of what has happened here. And, and just to maybe clear it up for you, Hachi, and I'm assuming other people, the report on the ABC online today is more detailed than the report that the Hawthorne Footy Club submitted to the AFL on, on the back of it. So, again, I'm not making excuses for, for, for people failing to react to this point of it, but it's, they were dealing with it as we were at 6 o'clock this morning when the ABC dropped this publicly. Yeah, it's been... I mean, you can't... They mishandled it. You can't call it any other way than that, Hawthorne. And whatever, whichever way you look at it. And you've got to feel for the individuals involved in the hurt and the, and the rawness of this and... Uh, all we hope now is we get to the bottom of it, but it's going to play out in real time in public eyes, and that's that's really really harsh. So yeah. Anyway, we get and last one on this before we move on. I think we'll we will move on. What does North Melbourne do now? What's its move? Now I, this is my oh, sorry. I shouldn't answer a question I just asked of you, please. What is your view? You are you are North Melbourne. Well, they... you're back in the in the tent, of course. So. <laughs> You'd have access to what's going on in the tent. You're probably in the meetings this morning. They, probably uh, haven't spoken yet because you haven't allowed them to. Um, have you finished your question? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they need to go down the path of having a, a plan B that they clearly didn't when they went all the way. That was the words that Sonia used yeah. on the uh, and, and, and I show. say that because, again, we're yet to get the official statement. But And November 1 is the is the official start date for Alistair. That, that's just a, a legal technicality. Coaches contracts expire on October 31. That, that's the, the award for, for a coach, so to speak. And, and Alistair is still a Hawthorne contracted person this year with monies attached, outstanding on, on that deal he's got and, and what that means with what's happening here. But back to your question, what does North do? They're going to have to, at least in the recesses of their mind, as of right now, think about a future that doesn't and, include Alistair Clarkson. And just when you thought their brand had a chance of repairing itself... They now, whatever happens, really got to deal with this over the next two months. So it's it's an extraordinary football story. It's alarming. It's hurtful, and it's and it's yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. And, and where's Jeff in all this? Jeff Jeff's overseas. On the, is he on the Lindsay Fox boat? Is he? Is he? I think that's finishing. But um, yeah, I, well, I haven't heard from Jeff I yet. I can't imagine him. Um, yeah, I don't, let's see. Well, you know my views on Jeff. He's, he's got advice on, on all, every all, single person in the world and how they a, should carry themselves in, in life and their professions, and, and yet he's the one who's been in the news for, for whatever, many wrong reasons over the journey. Whatever happens from here, there'll be a clean start, I think, at Hawthorne. That's, that's inevitable. Shall we move on with, the, with paying that the respect that it deserves, I think? I yeah. think we should. I think we should, yeah, because we are just now speculating and, and, and we don't have answers to it, but it, it was important enough even on, in this forum where we're going to try and keep it, uh, at least by way of a, a thought process, reasonably light, so we may as well make it light now, Hachi. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've been really annoyed at you. It's, you've really hurt me over the course of this year about the way you've been disparaging about my, uh, my role where I, that I was talked into doing heading up the AFMA and, yep. and, and referencing the, the grand night that we had last week as a, as a pie night. And for those who aren't aware of Hutchie's disparaging remarks on, on this, and you would conveniently forget that you've said this yourself. Um, Jane, oh, you've bought audio, have you? Jane has collated some uh, referencing over the journey. The AFMA is, of course, <laughs> football's pie night of nights. The <laughs> AFMA pie night. Pie night. It was only two, Jane. I thought you... Oh, gee. <laughs> um, hold on on the... You uh, said there were 25, Jane. <laughs> incredible pre pre uh, <laughs> Production done there, Damo. Well yeah, done. it was good. Anyway, you've been saying it's a pie night. Just got me to say it again. <laughs> um, so you well done. So you had your pie night last week. 
the AFMA on Tuesday night. Before I, want, before I let you loose on the mic again, I think you would have relinquished the right to then praise any outcome of the night itself. But you were glowing the next day because SEN managed to... Well, when we won everything, I think it's... <laughs> I didn't expect we were going to win absolutely everything. Um, and... I thought it was probably worth acknowledging the next day that we were three of the top four shows in the country on your, under your administration. Um, so, yeah, I put out a tweet saying, well done to those at the Pie Night last night. Who won the... And, and I actually went through my phone again. I got this text from you the morning after. Well played, Damo. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, Thanks, I, I've gone a bit step further. So, unfortunately, it was a pretty nice thing you ever said. So, credit where it's due. So, I thought I'd just do a quick review of the Pie Night for you, for those in the room and for those listening at home. Um, just to, I thought I'd do it a bit more uh, scorecard style, just on key themes. Uh, the AFMA Awards last Tuesday night, the first awards in three years, been missed. Uh, well, you always had a Zoom call last year, uh, I should say. Venue, 10. Nice choice of venue. It's normally a low-rent pub or an old room, but you had it at a... No, it's, it's normally the MCG. We took it away from the MCG and went to Metropolis there at Southgate. But Metropolis and Southgate, very well visually presented. Magnificent venue, beautifully lit. Ten. Uh, directions to get to the venue? Two. Um, very hard place to find if you haven't been before. And uh, you'd think that people, 400 people that do journalism for a living could work out how to ask someone how to get there, but unfortunately, it was very hard to find. Presentation of the night, the screens, the packages, the music? Ten. Ten. Yeah, uh, hats off. Uh, the Hall of Fame table with the legends in front? Ten. Fantastic. A couple of them fell asleep during the night, but that couldn't be helped. Uh, ten. The stipulation that the night was off the record, seven. Seven, because the first time in my, in 40 years I know of it, it's been stipulated to be off the record. I was a famous victim of that when I was a full page editorial in the Herald Sun the next day after a joke I did one year. Um, however, I don't think anyone actually held the spirit of the off the record, so it's just a seven. The dress code, one. Now, let me address this. In 2022, you don't say on invitations, Men wear a suit cocktail for women. That's out of... It's old hat. Is that what it said on the... Yeah. Oh, well, I, what I it did, did put it, that together. I see, it, I, it, was, it was demeaning. What, so, should it, what should it have said? Well, I'm reliably informed by many leading ladies in the room that that put un, inadvertent... Men just walked out of the office in their suits. Well, not that most journalists have got a suit. They borrowed one for the day. And unfortunately, it, it created an expectation that the ladies had to go home and prepare themselves for the evening, which I think is out of step with modern times, and that happened on your watch. Um, <laughs> your, your speech, three. Um, now, it was a funny night until you got up there. Um, <laughs> we've all got lanes we've got to swim in in life. Humour is not one of yours. <laughs> I would get up there and say, I'm not here to do the funny stuff. I'm here to say some thank yous. I'm here to get off. You try to joke, man. That's not your go. And then you realise no one was laughing, so you reacted quickly. Oh, you try to make up for it. Just leave the funny stuff to us. Three. Um, an explanation of what the AFMA actually does? Zero. Um, what does it do the other 364 days of the year? Other than exist to award... Anyway, you nearly finished your scorecard. I I've had enough, yeah. So... Where you get together as an industry and congratulate each other and give each other awards, and that's the last week as an industry gather as an association. Yep. And you have 12 annual board meetings to discuss the event, the Pie Night. Never seen a business do less. Sponsor benefits, nil. 
You mentioned the sponsors off the top. That was the last we heard of them. You, the rest did, of the night. you weren't a sponsor, Hachi. That's exactly why. I reckon I, 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 I priced it correctly. And then, last but not least, or, or two, the Lifetime Achievement Award. So you're the president. By the way, let me be really clear. I loved the recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award. I think it was perfect, it was the right person, and it was the right person to induct them, right? But how on earth, in your first year as AFMA president, you decided to induct Robbo with a Lifetime Achievement Award <laughs> after you've spent a year refusing to acknowledge he even exists as a journalist and calling him that person on this podcast... Can you, can you explain to me the mathematics of that? So you, well, unlike you, Hachi, I, 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 do things, him. I do things by committee. And, and so you're outvoted. There was a committee. No, I wasn't outvoted. I, in fact, I won't, I will, again, unlike you, I won't ever talk about what happens in private meetings, but you I was part person, of the meeting. You said that person, I don't read anything that person yeah. writes. You said a month ago, I don't read anything that person writes, and then there you are on stage clapping along as this tribute gets played to him <laughs> for a Lifetime Achievement Award. Couldn't think of anyone more worthy on, on the year in question. How, does, it, how does that work? How does it work when, when you were assigned a seat that you didn't want to have until, until you may have got wind that, that your man, Jared Waitley, may have been receiving something and then you went from table up the back at 15 to, to right up the very front oh, to, to make it about you? This is what happens at Pie Nights. I walk in, I say, what table am I on? They say table 15. I sit down on a table of 10 colleagues. An hour later, someone says to me, oh, you've been invited to a seat with your name on table three. There was no, there was no, the event system was poor. It was poor. <laughs> and so I moved appropriately when told. And yeah, sure, we coincided with us winning eight or nine of the next 10 awards, but um, <laughs> that's the sort of thing that happens. And Roaming Brian was a seven. I love Roaming Brian. Only a seven. I thought he was terrific. Gil um, was good. Gil, was a, Gil's was, speech was good. It was a very woke room, so he had to really be careful in the way he navigated it. I thought he did a wonderful job. So overall, it exceeded my expectations, albeit there's some clearly some inefficiencies in this business. Uh, and hopefully, when's your next meeting, by the way, to discuss how the night went? W will you sponsor it next year? W will you be a sponsor? Oh, there were seven media organisations yeah. that sponsored it, and you claimed to be running the biggest one in the country, and you couldn't be bothered. People think I joke about this. I was asked to spend five grand sponsoring it. And I said, well, what's the value proposition for five? And they said, well, we haven't really worked that out. Um, and I said, well, I'll tell you what, how much are the tables? And they said, um, 1250 a table or $1,450. I said, well, I'll, buy, I'll give you twice as much money. I'll, I'll buy seven tables and I'll bring all of our staff in. That way they get a great night, the 70 of us, and I've given you twice as much money. And the offer was rejected because you thought I was going to on-sell them. I didn't think. I, I didn't think. I know you well enough to know you would have somehow made money on that per head. So let me... Here's a straw pile for you. There's 300 people in the room. Is there one person here who would rightfully have paid for a ticket to that thing? No. Where was the on-sell market, Damo? Just have a look around. This is a pie night. Tell me what's going to happen on the weekend, Hutchie. We've got Robin Oh, no, Williams. before we do that... Oh, you're not... Surely we're finished now. Before we do that... Um, if those who regularly follow the sounding board would know that um, Damo is... Um, when it comes... To the, the, the glass jaw is inspired by Damo, really, because his inability to handle criticism... If handling if the inability to handle criticism was an Olympic sport, he'd be Michael Phelps. Um, he'd be a 23-time gold medalist. And so I want to hit you with this. I saw this tweet last week. The ex-editor of the Herald Sun, Bruce Guthrie... Editor-in-chief, actually. The title's even bigger, Hutch. Who's got himself a blue tick, it must be said. Um, 
when you see the AFL's own website spruiking crap like this, you realise James Hurd is incredibly brave just to enter the Essendon coaching process. Surely it's time for some balance. They've been attacking him for almost 10 years now. Give this bloke some clean air. And that was in... And he retweeted your story. Uh, and so it's a criticism of you. And then he went again. Um, someone said it's Barrett. He's losing the plot. It's fair enough. Um, <laughs> gutless, critics, hypocrite. And then he started responding to those, saying, yeah, he has been going at this for a long time. If he'd been up during the crucifixion, JC would still be up there. So he's taken... <laughs> He's taking direct aim at you, your yeah. former boss. Yeah, I got, used to go on really well with him. I thought he was a fantastic journalist who, who operated without fear or favour until Essendon got, got involved in any conversation he was in touchy. So he, that's when the fear and favour comes in with Bruce. Why? Is he an Essendon supporter? Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. So what do you think about that, Chris? He's just taking direct aim at you? Yeah. Well, he's entitled to. Everyone, everyone's entitled to do that. But I don't think you can see through the, uh, the issue here. That, that This is a man who... And I don't know whether our audience even today wants to hear me again about James Hurd. Do, do you really want my view on that? <laughs> All right, I just said it's a delusional path that Essendon is taking, even allowing James Hurd in for an official interview as part of the process. Now, I'm big Get on some second security chance. guards up the front before you finish this. <laughs> I've only just resolved this issue yep. too. Um, look, I'm all for second chances in like third, fourth, no, you're fourth. Not. Yes, I am. I, I, you know, Hachi, stop painting a picture of me that's not accurate. I am. But when it comes to Essendon being the vehicle to provide James the second chance on this, I, I just don't get it. And I also know there's 34 players who missed a full season of footy on, on top of all the other carnage that was caused around it that also have a different view. And I think you'll find that some players' views have been relayed back to the subcommittee that is, is choosing this next coach as well. you got some breaking news. Oh, okay. did, 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 did. No, I'll get to that in a sec. Um, so, in summary, do you think Bruce is objective? Not when it comes to James Hurd and Essendon. So you run into Bruce here today in the bar. I'd go, I'd go and have a beer like we used to when he was yeah. editor-in-chief of the Herald Sun and I thought he was a very good operator. Others at News Limited didn't. I was in absolutely in his camp. But when it comes oh. to Essendon... No. No, no. Get to the breaking news, please. No, it's just confirmation of what you just told us a minute ago. This is my age well, so if you're listening to this on Saturday, you've, we're three days late, but um, the North Melbourne Footy Club is aware of serious historical allegations made against individuals who worked at Hawthorne, including incoming coach. The matter's raised now with the AFL Integrity Unit. Alistair welcomes the opportunity to coordinate with any investigation. He was due to commence work with North Melbourne on November 1. However, he will delay the start of his tenure to allow time to fully participate in the investigation. Given the matters raised are confidential and the investigation is ongoing, the club will not provide any further comment at this time. So, in essence, forecasting a later start for their coach other than a stand-down. Is that the right move? Uh, well, it's what we discussed, wasn't it, 10 minutes ago that we thought was going to happen. Uh, again, there's no denial here. And I, I would think that you're allowed to have a denial, even though natural justice is now going to be seen to be taking place. It, it surprises me that... To this point of this day, and we're now nearly 12 hours into this story, that, that neither Chris Fagan or Alastair Clarkson has decided to deny Hutchie. I just wanted to throw that back in there before we uh, move on and get to what I believe is going to happen on, on Saturday. Robbie Williams is singing. Who's going to be accompanying him? Is, is, you've got intel in at the AFL that I don't have. Is Kylie Minogue going to be there as well? Well, that's the, the whisper was Kylie and then it was Delta. I, I assume it's one of the two, is it? Yeah, there'll be a... 
I would assume there'll be one of the two involved. You don't probably spend that type of money and not support it further. So how I'll many? Wait. And more importantly, how many tickets have you got access to in the in the MCG? On None of the hundred thousand. I, I reckon the over and under line's about seven hundred and fifty no, that, you, that you've on that you would have on sold for legally, of course, Archie, but no. would have on sold well, something. No, it, it cannot. It cannot and and wouldn't. Oh, don't get all serious on me now, please. You'd... No, I've got two tickets. Oh. <laughs> I have. I'm taking my partner Claire, who hasn't been to the, any of the finals. The two of us will be going along, and that's it. Two. You scrounged up for that, did you? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I found a way. Uh, who, who's in the rooms going? Yeah. 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 Yellow Abbey's your first grand final? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. You'll have absolute ball. Magnificent. What a wonderful day. Uh, function season's in full swing this week. Uh, I've got a challenge for you. How many more functions are you going to the next four days? Uh, probably two or three. Two or three? Yeah. It's a lot of people that you may not have seen for a long time, right? You bump into people at functions, you haven't seen them for ages. Um, I challenge you to get through the next three days without saying these four words, or three words. Um, good to see you. <laughs> no way through a conversation. You run into, hey, good to see you, good to see you. Well, well you'd say that, because you wouldn't remember the names of the people coming up to you. So that's your default, it is, isn't it? Yeah. It is. A good name. to see you, shake your hand, and then move on to the next person when and say you, the same thing. I've seen you do it, Hutch. You did it to people out here. When you're not... <laughs> Good, good to see you. <laughs> when you're not function fit, by the way, it could be at your local footy club or anywhere, you've got to... Like, we all forgot... We've forgotten how to communicate, so you're in the middle of a whole series of 60-second conversations. You've got to have your guard up. You do. So big few days for your day, mate. You've got a little bit of arrogance since in recent times. Hey, can I just quickly... I have not. <laughs> by the way, did I... Have a, can you just address that for me for a minute? I'll answer it. Is this the photo yeah. that you're pointing to? So what's this? Let's have a look. So how's this, right? Oh, here we go, yeah. So on Super Footy, Craig Hutchie, could Hutchie be the next to join the footy classified exodus? Are you leaving? And, and then you've got a new photo. So how's this? So there's the photo for those watching along at home um, in the room. Oh, they can see that. It's a pin. <laughs> it's, it's a thumbnail. <laughs> so um, I got clickbaited on this. So the photo, I got papped at the races the week Saturday before. I didn't know. So it was the first time I knew I'd been papped, Damo, was in the shot. They've got a horrible shot. I know that's easy to do with me, by the way, but they've got a horrible shot. Well, it's better that one than the one you're walking out of the footy no, show you with your collar. It is better than that one, Archie. You've got to admit that that's, not, that's a bad shot, but it's a better one. I know that there's been better health days for me. I'm the first to admit that. But if that's the best shot they could take of me at the races, I'll go, hey. More importantly, are you part and of the, the exodus? Thing is, my, my mobile number has been on the switchboard of every network for 30 years. I've had the same mobile since 1993. I'm the easiest bloke in the world to find. If someone had rang me and said, are you going to do footy classified next year? I would have said, yes, that is my intention to do so. And I'll offer my services again, if required, on existing terms. That's so, the simplest negotiation known to man. So have you been clickbaited again? And the, but the question mark, will I do it, was just a way to... I wasn't even the focus of the story. I was paragraph 22. I got clickbaited because of the bad photo. They had a, bad, they had a new photo. They had a new bad photo. So I got bad photo. So, so what is going on there? Caro, Caro's leaving, though. Was that what the story was? Caro is... Yeah, that's, a, that's the or story. Or Caro just leaving Wednesday... Caro's stepping down from Wednesdays, yeah. Not Monday. Not Mondays. Is that because she doesn't want to work any longer with Eddie McGuire no. on Wednesday? No. Why, 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 would, why would she choose Wednesday to be the one she departs, not Monday? Well, I, think I wouldn't speak for her. Um, I'm sure she would address that on Don't Shoot the Messenger, which, by the way, has clearly has a very different demographic to us, <laughs> by the way. Looking around the room, last time I was at the Don't Shoot event, it was a slightly little demo. But um, 
I think well, Caro's done Monday for 16 years, like oh, I have. So it's a um, passion project rather than a business thing for her, like like it is for me. Yep. And um, Caro has a so travels where she likes to go during the week and a pretty full dance card. So I assume something had to give. And while we're on Herald Sun clickbait stories, Hutchie, um, I did notice this. I didn't click on because I just didn't want to give them the... X-Wag goes braless in risque outfit. And they tell me, because Jane then did screenshot the photo, X-Wag Nadia Bartel has left jaws dropping during a night out in Melbourne after stepping out in a very risque outfit. Seriously, who cares? I didn't even and see And how's that a story? I didn't see it, Dave. I'll take your word for that. But... Uh... <laughs> Are we still going down this path? I'm, I'm, is well, journalism has changed, as we know. It's, it's a digital age, and unfortunately, there's some people that um, are already better than us. The frame in of the week, by the way, and I, I think a few people would have seen this on social media, but Luke Jackson arrived in Perth. Uh, rep- local reporter. I shouldn't know his name, by the way. Steve Allen, was it? Um, got the interview at the airport. And um, if you look at the photo, look at the vision on the 10 News, you can just make out Luke Jackson because Steve Allen takes up most of the picture. Um, so it was a great get for the Perth media. Um, the Perth media love incoming um, stars like Jackson, doesn't offend the local teams. But you just like the fact he was in shot, the journal. He framed yep. himself in beautifully, and Mitch Cleary could take notice of the microphone technique. Mitch has got the murderly arm, as we know. This is a more better presented arm. I think magnificent bit of framing in, so well done. Um, Buddy Franklin, I, I loved what the Swans and, and he did during the course of the week. It, it, to me, it went against what Buddy Franklin's always done. He's always been quite reclusive media-wise. He hasn't necessarily sought headlines, particularly in, in weeks that already have headlines where he's a focus, but just the two words at the, at the bottom end of an old-school presentation of a, of a media release. It obviously came on, on social media, but just two words, one more. Yeah, but it was mis- I, I, misinterpreted, you see that? It was, wasn't it? People thought one more game rather than one more year. Yeah. And so even though how clever it was, it was inspired by the Jordan I'm back, I'm sure. Um, it, it set the internet into a, into a... Well, by the way, setting the internet into a frenzy is, only happens now in newspaper stories because that's a reference point. Buddy sends internet into a frenzy with the two... Like, do you know how that's a reference point now for journalists in stories? No. What are you talking about? <laughs> In print stories now, there's a validation of what happens online as a reason to write the story. Once upon a time, you have to ring someone, have them confirm the story, and then... Something's yes, gone viral, so therefore yeah, it's now validated. it's like yeah. the internet was a buzz this morning, and but someone's ruled it out, but they still write it. So that's happening a lot um, in uh, modern-day journalism, Damo. Hey, yeah. uh, Magic Round. You like to take credit for things, and, and, and I know, and we'll put it on a platter for you, Hachi, you've given the AFL the idea to do a Magic Round, and, and it looks like they've embraced it. Well done, well done. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything more boring, the, the, but well the done. The funniest thing that happened to me this week, and this, you can play this, Jane, for the don't shoot, and I'm sure Caro will respond. I love Caro, as you know. Caroline, well, I, I've been to several Magic Rounds. I would come back every year. Magic Round, has anyone in the room been to Magic Round in the NRL? Been up? Probably not. Explain it just quickly. All the teams go in for the weekend. And there are games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in the same place. And the NRL do it in Brisbane. There'll be people listening in Queensland right now. I'll be very familiar with it. And there's so much good stuff happens around it. There's, you know, like every club does a special Magic Round jersey. There's special merch drops. Um, there's double headers. There's a whole bunch of people in town. It's like a, a mini event. And it's wonderful. And I come back every year and say, this thing's fantastic. Why don't we do it in the AFL? It's brilliant. And Caro is a traditionalist. Don't like it. 
don't ruin things. That'll never work. And then last night, I get on the on, on Monday night, I get on Footy Classified and Caro, oh, there's a great new initiative called a festival. <laughs> and I'm like, she says, nine, nine games. Um, that's Magic Round. No, it's not. Well, all clubs in the same place, same format. Oh, it's aimed at families, Caro said. It's Magic Round. So we're going to see one. And the good news is it's, it'll be great for footy. Where, where will it be? Sydney. And that's the right place to do it because uh, Southern Queensland's got momentum in AFL. Sydney, uh, other, the Swans have got momentum in Sydney. But the game itself needs a shot on the arm, particularly West. The Giants have not won over Parramatta to Penrith and the Ark. And we need to get some content out there. So I'm a, I'm a fan of it. And I, th- I think it's uh, April 13 to 16. So if you're for your team, you want to book your flights now. It's in the school holidays. Uh, it'll be sensational. And I, I wonder what name they'll give it. It won't be Magic Round, but it'll call it something. Well, you, you usually advise them on, on such projects. They'll need a marketing speak name. You, you'll try and sell it before you pitch it? <laughs> you yes. will, won't you? Yeah. Hey, uh, Jane's just gone... Where's she gone? Oh, I say that because... No, Caro we... rang. That's true. <laughs> oh, yeah, Caro that, actually, that would be true. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm having, we uh, might get I'm to having the... a zero beer, by the way, for those asking. So that's... Um, You're big the, on this, aren't you? spirit of drink-wise... Uh, break up your grand final week and don't over-race or overdo it. If you go to the pub a bit earlier like we are today on afternoon, have a zero in between things. That's a... Uh, I'm a Carlton... Well, there you go. I'm a Carlton zero man, but that's a heaps normal, which is on tap on... Uh, and it's quite... Do you want one? I might have one in a moment. Yes. Go. How conservative is this? How conservative is this guy? <laughs> hey, Chief, I'm going to have a beer. I might have a real beer, by the way, so uh, I'll do that. Um, um, can I... Grand final week, before we move on... I was just going... We, Paul Connors is having an event tonight. I shouldn't say where it is. It's not too far from here, but Players Party. Bell's Hotel. Uh, and, um, well, that's going to not go down well. Uh, Corey Worthington, here we come. Um, anyway, I was thinking back over the grand finals that Damo and I have been mates. How many f- actual fights have you been in in grand final week? Uh, let's go over a couple. Luke Beveridge, of course, famously shoulders you after the Brownlow at 1.30 in the morning. 2015 Brownlow, yep. Leon Cameron broke you up. Yep. Beveridge wins 6-love, six 6-love, six 6-love. Six yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> Justin Lepich, Friday night, a Thursday night. It was a Thursday final. night, uh, circa 2018 or 19, whenever yep. he yep, got the, the boot from the, the Lions, which he thought I was personally responsible for. And had it not been for me, he'd still be, still be coaching the Lions, if you ask him. So yep. that was that one night. Yes, yep. too. Your Brad Scott fight happened post-season. Um, Bernie Vince, I reckon, got hold of you one year. No, no, Bernie and I... No, Bernie, Bernie started this trend which... Uh, took my glasses off and then ran around the, the bar with it and then it became a bit of a thing there every time I went out for about five years. So that was, uh, that was really good. And as you know, I cannot see beyond my, my outstretched arm. I'm that yep. short-sighted, so... How many, yeah. um, how many late prank calls do you get from players post-season? I got one about two weeks ago. It hasn't happened much this year, but um, I reckon I got one from... I reckon it was Justin Lepich after they after Richmond might have gone uh, the third in a row or third out of the the three. I did get one. Actually, it might have been 2019. Actually, I don't know it was him. It just might have been him. But yeah, not not oh, as many a as I used to. Allegation to make about someone. Oh, it sounded yeah. sounded a bit like Lepich. Well, it was it was about 4:38 a.m. Yep. on the Sunday after Richmond had just won the premiership. I'm assuming it's someone from yep. Richmond. Did you? Um Andrew Gaze put this on the agenda on Monday, and now obviously we. Lepra and I are good again, by the way, just to clear it up. Oh, you've, you've no, no, we're, we're good. Yeah, the only one I'm not good with is is the Bulldogs guy. So, you and Luke, 
<laughs> the Bulldogs guy. <laughs> you know, that, that one. Yeah. That person at the Herald Sun, the Bulldogs guy. They, they, they lose their name when Damo falls out with them. Um, um, <laughs> I lost my train of thought there. Now, Monday night, Andrew Gaze put this on the agenda. Uh, he said, and Andrew is not one for shock chalk or to weigh you on an opinion unnecessarily, so it needs to be pretty close to his heart, I reckon, on our run home, which was uh, one of the three programs featured in the awards last week. Um, <laughs> he said he, he felt uncomfortable as a father watching the behaviour of some players at the Brownlow and the, um, the promotion of, of, of drinking or, uh, by extension, binge drinking. I don't want to speak for him. There was words to that effect. How did you feel in the room? And do you think his comments were fair and reasonable? Uh, no, I don't. Only because I, I, I didn't have that reaction at all in the room. I have been to Brownlows before where I have felt it may have been a little bit over the top. And some of those Brownlows do go back to the, you know, the period of Brendan Favola's time. But I, I didn't feel that at all on, on the Sunday just gone. I'm not saying there wasn't alcohol in the room. There clearly was. But I, I felt it contributed to the, to the event. Now, I didn't see the TV broadcast, so I, I don't know what he's talking about. But there was certainly no irresponsible serving. I mean, in fact, you, it, was, it was actually difficult to get a drink, which wasn't a bad thing, by the way. But yeah. you, in historically, if you go back 15, 20 years, you, you know, it was being poured out at a, at a ridiculous rate. So I, I didn't agree with what, what Gazi said. Hey, uh, Jane... I, I didn't we, think it was... I, I didn't like it either, to be fair. But you, 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 you were late scratching. Someone on your table, yeah. table told me you weren't there. and I, therefore... I, I watched my first one on TV in a long time and... It is a little bit in your face. Like, I, don't, I know there's not really an easy way around it and I have empathy for the broadcaster. But the, the ta- like the Bulldogs table and the, there was... Um, but they put sunglasses on. So what? what what's the big deal? Um, it's I, I, I followed um, it was like Tom Libertore out and, and he, like, so he was fine. He wasn't guys are, intoxicated. These guys are um, role models. They're, they're on a largely family night. I, I don't think it works. I don't like it. Um, I think, you know, it wasn't... I don't mind people having a drink on the table, and of course we all we all, all do that. But it was a, it was quite like here's a vote, have a skull. Like it was, I wasn't there was only a couple of tables, but I, I don't like. I don't think the Bulldogs are playing with a lot of public perception chips on the table at the moment. I think that incident with Cordy, they missed the fight. Like, I don't reckon the captain should be putting sunnies on. That's just me. I'm not overreacting to it. But I, I think you've I got a little bit. A little bit uh, prim and proper there, Hutchie. I, I didn't have an but, issue with it. Um, we, we will open up this uh, for some questions in a moment, but uh, just uh, round off the actual main body as we refer to it, we'll have a question of the week now. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. We'll head to Nick N, who has submitted this question, Hutchie. What are the ethics slash rules of writing a story without direct quotes, especially from a private function? And there's a reference there to a Max Hatsoglu article in the Herald Sun, read James Hurd's return to Essendon. And the article in question is headline, Bomber Star pours cold water on James Hurd's potential return. That's in reference to, to comments made by Zach Merritt at a 600 crowd function at, uh, in Melbourne prior, prior to um, the finals weekend just gone. Now, there were no direct quotes, but there was a reference to Zach Merritt having some reservations. It's a really good question that, that Nick's this posed. This is an unbelievable journalism question. And let's go to the president of the AFMA <laughs> for a view on this. If someone in a private function on a table says something that is a newsworthy, like Zach Merritt allegedly did when he said that James Hurd shouldn't be our coach. 
Can you report on it or not? Uh, different questions. Uh, personally, no, it's a very simple question. Personally, I wouldn't. If it's made clear it's a private function, I wouldn't. Now, you would? No, I wouldn't. No, I would not. I would not personally. But, but what what I would say to that is, anyone who's got a microphone in their hand, anyone who's talking in a public function, needs to assume that there is, a stro- there is a possibility that that conversation could be relayed in some form. And as we know, often the relaying of the word is, 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 is without context. So uh, those who aren't in journalism who are listening might be saying, how can there not be a cut and dried rule on this? Like, how can this be subjective? You're saying you wouldn't, but you're not... You're not you're not necessarily criticising the journalist who did. Not at all. No, not, not if there's 600 people in the room. It's a public event. If so, again, why wouldn't you? If, if you don't, well, if it was said, I'm assuming it was said. Whatever said is because, like, um, well, as we did at the AFMA night, we made it clear. Please, this is an off the record night. If that's stated, I think as a journalist, there is an obligation to respect that. I don't know whether that was stated at this function, by the way. And, well, and if it wasn't, it has to be assumed that it is a public function. Ah, see the. The walls of this have come down in modern digital times and no one's actually stopped and drawn up the rule book on this. So we're not, this is how I was trained. It would surprise people to think we were trained, but we were. Um, we were taught as cadets at the Herald Sun that if that happened in a room, you would approach the person. You would introduce yourself and your identity and you'd say, it's Max here from X organisation. Zach, I, I do need to ask you about your comments on stage there. You said that you didn't think, James, for the record, what is your... Uh, is that your position and why? Well, you need to give the person the opportunity to clarify their view on the record before you write that. Well, the other murkiness around no. this, so Hashi, before you go any further, is to Nick's question, the story paraphrases the statements. It wasn't as if there was a recording of the actual statement. Now, if there was, we wouldn't be having this conversation and, and therefore the 600 people in the room considered a public function. Yep. It is, unfortunately, whether so, we like it or not, probably fair game. So I think the rules have changed and we're just a bit slow to catch on in the dinosaurs, right? So it, it's, it stands to reason in a big room, there'll be some of you right now, unbeknownst to us, recording or taking a bit of audio or a bit of video. It's on the record. Hutchie, it's being recorded by Jane. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we hope. Uh, well, we'll be back here again tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's on the record, but I, I, I do think you need to give the, the subject a chance to clarify it afterwards, right? Yeah. Um, and didn't Adam Gilchrist get caught making comments many years ago? Was it over Mattia bowling yeah, action yeah, at one stage? And, and he, he assumed the, the function he was yeah. in was, was, was private. Um, well, it's not, there's not really such a thing anymore, unfortunately. It's not. I think, I think the athlete or the person in question with the microphone or in that forum yeah. has to take the view that, that, again, you'll give more. They'll still give more than they would if there was a, a genuine media microphone yeah. there. But I think they need to condition themselves for the, the, I, the strong possibility in some circumstances of it being broadcast. I, I think the other thing that is a factor in this that shouldn't be, but is, is what stage of your career you're in as a journalist. So Damo looks at that in the room and says, well, you know what, I, I just don't really need to deal with it, whether that's fair or reasonable or otherwise, and I've got other things to do. It's not going to affect my day too much if I don't report that. Whereas for someone like Max, who's building their career... Absolutely, Archie. And, and again, once go, upon a time... opportunity for me to make a mark. Yeah. Um, well, well, once upon a time, it was a, it was a brief. You, you covered a game of football, but before the game started, you were assigned the task of going to the, the president's function yep. to see what was either being said on the microphone or in the room. And, and that was as traditional yep. as doing the match report, wasn't it? Yeah, the president's lunch was a very... Um, long ago, presidents would make 
controversial speeches deliberately before games. Only ever the, the newspapers would go. The TV's never thought to go. So it, was, um, it was a disruption. Until you transferred from I, newspaper I, I to was, TV? I was smashing yeah. it there. But um, <laughs> I'll tell you who the best President's Lunch reporter of all time is. Glenn McFarlane. <laughs> he never missed it. He'd, he'd sit down, he'd have a lunch, and he'd, he'd, he'd report the story and he'd take it back. I reckon he'd be in the, in the Hall of Fame of uh, President's Lunch. Hey, just on, the, on things like off the record, on the record, are they things you should be talking about at the AFMA and these sort of pie night meetings? Like, couldn't you actually put some of those things on the agenda? Yeah, I'll get a guest speaker in for the first meeting next year. You. Uh, how about right, that? You're on. Yep. <laughs> With awesome. sponsorship. Um, before we do, and we'll open up the questions in a few moments' time, um, just couldn't finish this episode, and I meant to do it a bit earlier than that we've done 45 minutes in or 50 minutes in. Uh, Kane Corns is one day short of completing this extraordinary feat of running from Adelaide to, to Melbourne. And as you know, I've got a massive soft spot for the volcano. He's, I don't think I'm talking out of school. He has struggled a lot, actually, a, a, a lot in the past 48, 72 hours. Um, there was no doubt in my mind he was always going to get there, but at some stage it was going to get him and, it, and it's got him. And as always with Kane, he's toiled through and um, he'll be making a grand entrance on the uh, the Thursday edition of the Sunday Footy Show tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, he's a remarkable guy. He's got so much character and heart. He and his wife Lucy and their family are fantastic people. Yes, he uh, calls as he sees it. People disagree with his opinions. Um, but he's got a great um, moral compass and this has been done for the right reasons. He does love running, to be fair. But... Um, I was worried about him. That night too, when he did the footy classified, he just looked broken. And the, the Sunday foot, even the Sunday footy show the first morning, I thought, oh dear. Um, and it's really taken a toll on his body and his back. Uh, he's banged up. Uh, he's in, uh, gets in tomorrow. We're recording Wednesday. So he's got to be, only got about 40 k's to go tomorrow. Uh, extraordinary effort. Uh, he'll raise, uh, he's already raised 270,000 for my room uh, on Thursday night. So many businesses have got involved, people on the sides of the street. Um, you know, he's a, he's a showman, he's, a, he's, a, he's an elite media performer, and I think we're all really proud of him. Round of applause for Kane in the room if we can. Um, and um, it is a difficult week. The most difficult part of this week for him is having to be popular for a few days. Um, <laughs> I know that doesn't sit comfortably with him. <laughs> and don't worry, by Sunday when he smacks someone, we'll all be back to thinking he's a, he's a, he's a deal by Monday. So, uh, no, I'm only joking. He's done a, done a magnificent job. Um, Hussey, you opened this show because it is a public forum and an outside broadcast, so you may, we well, you may as well close them? it. Why don't you close this one down and then we'll do questions straight away. Can, oh, you, can you do that? Can you yeah. close it down? Yeah, yep. thanks. All right, so I don't even know what series we're up to. Damo loves this stuff. Series 7, episode 33, live and, on location. And thank the people in the room, Hussey. Uh, we'd like to acknowledge and thank... <laughs> Um, Grant and Viv and all their wonderful staff and management here at the George Hotel in South Melbourne, which is a magnificent spot, right next to the South Melbourne Market, where Damo shops from Ralph Meats every Sunday afternoon. And, and Hutchie, the burgers are fantastic in here. And the burgers are good, so there you go. So thanks to the team for having us. We've got a, a little bit of a while to go here as we do our questions and a few other things. And um, Damo is obviously charging $5 for a meet and greet afterwards, which is <laughs> uh, nice to see. Um, in Shaquille O'Neal style, but um, and what are you going to say to everyone as you walk out? Good to see you on the way out. Good is to that see it? You. Yeah, good, good to see you. you. Yeah, good to see you. Um, um, this has been the sounding board, Damo. It is. It has been episode thirty-three of series seven for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.